Hello and welcome back to the Tells podcast. From the closet. From the closet. Today we are in the closet. We are not on video. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because I'm too disheveled to be in front of the camera. Is that why? Why are we not on camera? I don't know. Well, because of like microphone stuff happening, and but I guess that's kind of boring. So never mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I am. I do want to say though. I want to tell the people that I'm very eager to make some more uh, out and about Vegas videos. Who said I'm going to invite you on my out and about Vegas Fine. experience? I'm, I'm excited for you to make them. Then, <laughs> if I'm not invited, I'll watch them happily. But that's the kind of content that I like. <laughs> that's the type of content you like. <laughs> yeah, so if whether it's me and you making them, me making them, you making them, whoever, someone's going to make them and they're going to get made. Okay. So on that second YouTube channel. Yeah, don't unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out. I'm doing the best we can well, at it the was, moment. It's all my fault. Yeah, but it's both our faults, I think. Uh, we should have, we could have planned better, but it's okay. Well, yeah, we probably shouldn't have posted those two videos before WSOP. That's what it, like, so. But that's okay. <clears throat> it's fine. It's life. It's like a sneak preview of what's to come after WSOP, basically. All right. So. Enjoy it. Watch it again. Let's all look forward to the WSOP ending. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. You love WSOP. Uh, it's okay. What? We just had a great event thing yeah on thursday that part if is it, true if it wasn't for the wsop there wouldn't have been people from canada and switzerland and all sorts of places around the united states of america australia even though they didn't come to see us oh that was the best so yeah so anyway we had a pop-up shop for favorable apparel the first ever live uh actual storefront sort of uh pop-up shop at atomic liquors which has been featured in Several of my vlogs was featured in vlog number one, and uh, we pulled it together. Um, it was an idea that we've been wanting to do for a little while now, and uh, brought some of the merch out to Atomic Liquors uh, last Thursday, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was great to meet uh, all the different people, sell some merch. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was good. We did our first interview together for Christine's vlog. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? We don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, well, why does anybody, what does anybody know, really, right? I think everyone is just kind of clueless out there in the world. That was like a Gary Vee post I saw recently. The saying is that everybody doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Some just fake it better than others or something like that, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally it. believe that. I believe that since I've moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. Because the U.S. definitely fooled me into believing that they had all their things together. Right. And then when I got here, it's like everybody, though. And then when you actually... When you saw behind the curtain? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so nobody's got this shit together. Nope. Some of us just look like we have it better than others. Yep. Um, but I think we had it together for that pop-up shop. You think so? I think we were pretending to. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, we were, first of all, sweating our asses off when we were setting it up at like 3.30 and the sun was blazing down. Uh, it was outside on the back or patio, whatever, front patio on uh, at Atomic Liquors. And uh, 
yeah, here we are towards the end of June in Las Vegas. No, we, we lucked out. It could have been 120 degrees. I guess so. It's actually been like reasonably mild, but yeah. it was over 100 though. Yeah, but still, I mean, it could have gone on for hours and it was just that set up like hour mm-hmm. and a half, which is brutal. But then the sun moved over and everyone at Atomic was great. Shout out to Atomic Liquors. If you haven't been, you better go pay them a visit, grab a brew. They yeah. make good cocktails too. You better go and get wasted. Baby. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it was great. Um, no idea how much merch we sold. Haven't like counted no. everything up or anything, but uh, it was really cool to just get away from the casinos and have a get together where it's laid back and no one's like stuck money, uh, you know, thanks to poker. Um, plenty of time for conversations, not uh, didn't have to like, you know, bounce from table to table. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. So thank you to everybody who came to the favorable apparel pop-up shop it mm-hmm. was good to meet you all how do you think you handled are you good in crowds like that i think i do okay but then i need a lot of time to recover mm-hmm. yeah you were it, like more exhausted than i've ever seen you really <laughs> <laughs> but i told you i wasn't feeling so good like the day before and you're like nope you're fine you're yeah. not sick yeah that was fake you, oh nice <laughs> So after the event, I got time to actually catch up on some sleep. So that was good. I think you uh, are as good as anyone in that sort of a setting. There's like people always come up to you or come up to me and say, Boosie's just the best. She is awesome. She's great. So I think, uh, yeah, I think you're like 10 out of 10 in that situation. You do a really good job in that situation, like a lot better than I ever imagined. It's been really nice to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because some, you thought I would just be awkward as hell. No, I just thought it wouldn't be quite as fun for you. Really? Yeah, but people ask me all the time if it's fun for you. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, he I loves mean, it. If we're like out at the bar having drinks, yeah, <laughs> in my element. <laughs> I was like, no, he loves it. They're like, really? I'm like, yep, he loves it. Loves it. It's a little tough, like having the same sort of conversation repeatedly but that's sort of like the life of a content creator you know like often people ask very similar questions about things but um i don't know i like to turn the conversation back to them usually and find out like where they're from and what their poker situation is or what their non-poker situation is and they're usually pretty happy to talk about it too yeah that's like the most fun Mm -hmm. you know like i know my story is not as exciting to me you know, but it's always nice to learn somebody else's story and mm-hmm. uh, all the different, like all the nuances of the story. So, yeah, I find that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And shout out to my girlfriend, Jalen. Wow. That's right. Who helped us at the store. Yeah. Yeah. She crushed it. So thanks, Jalen. There was uh, an interesting couple. I hope I don't uh, call them out or, you know, embarrass them or anything. But uh, there was an interesting couple from the East Coast who are teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like poker in Vegas hadn't been going so well this trip, uh, especially for him. And uh, he was talking about like just, you know, lots of lots of run bad. And as a result of that, he had started to uh, like change his play, um, you know, just because of like tilt and like fear of running into the losing hand again 
or you know running into a better hand or whatever with his strong hands so like he started in he started like limping in with pocket queens and stuff rather than raising it because he didn't want to lose a big pot and just trying to like flop a set and go from there so then i asked like what they teach because i was gonna say i would i was gonna assume it's something like i don't know english or history or something like that because then i would say you know at the end of the day these things even out the run bad evens out you know uh but it turns out they both teach math oh they both teach math because <laughs> she said she teaches probabilities mm -hmm. okay so he's also a math teacher which after he's after they said that i was like oh uh i didn't know what to say then i was it got me like thinking about whether poker is like more of this much more of this like psychology thing than this math thing because if a math teacher can get like I don't know, like mentally disheveled, you know, and mm -hmm. like afraid or whatever into changing your game based on, um, you know, like negative outcomes that are not the norm. I mean, they're, they're the norm, but they're not like the majority of the outcomes. They're going to be the minority of the outcomes, you know, like your, your good hands are going to lose sometimes, but not most of the time. You would think like a math teacher would be able to like think rationally about that. Yeah, but it's 90% psychology. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess think so. it's a big, a much bigger part psychology. Mm -hmm. And especially if you don't play every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was saying, I think he put in like 150 hours in like six months or something, which is, I think, the number of hours that basically a professional would want to put in in one month. So, you know, it's stretched out over a longer period of time. It's like running bad. And then to have all that run bad happen like in a week, you know, to go on a downswing, a big downswing in, in one week, then it can be mentally challenging. But I was expecting to be able to come up with something of value. To say. <laughs> and then like yeah, they told me the math teacher was like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> uh, like, well, yeah, you just got to power through. Yeah. You know, ride the waves, guys. Come on. <laughs> but also, don't you think that it's even if you know the math, your psychology says how do I keep doing the same thing? Because the thing you hear, right, is that the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. But in this case, you have to do the same thing over and over again yep. and know that the result will be different because you know that what you're doing is right. But yep. that saying has been applied to everything. So, of course, if you're sitting at the poker table over and over again and your big hands are getting cracked, your brain is going, okay, I'm crazy mm -hmm. and I should change. I should adjust right? because what I'm doing is not going to work. And if I continue doing this and I go out and tell people that I still kept three bidding with my aces and queens and jacks, then they're going to be like, ah, uh, mm -hmm. are you dumb? <laughs> right. Uh, my buddy, John Hemmer, once told me a line that's kind of stuck with me um, when he was talking about like, our brains don't handle variance pretty well, which is like what you're talking about. Um, you know, like when something bad happens, we, our brains tell us that we should be taking a different action. Sure. Yeah. Um, he told me he's, he said that sort of comes from like, I don't know if this is true or if he just like made this up on the spot or whatever, but like he was talking about how like early man, if he walked behind a bush and there was a lion there or something, you know, like a family of lions that were behind that bush, you wouldn't go behind the bush again. You know, you wouldn't just like assume it was an unlucky situation that you ran into lions there you just would not go back in that direction so our brains are sort of like programmed that way to adjust our actions rather than think about like unlikely probabilities and things like that 
Right. But then if you think about how we gather data, there is no way to actually gather and review data. Mm-hmm. You know, so that experience was the only thing you had, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe five experiences of seeing the lion behind the bush. Mm-hmm. So then what do you do? You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to pray to the gods and I'm going to be lucky. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to adjust. Right. But now talk to me about adjusting versus changing your play. What would what would that be? Right. Because in my understanding would be, say, if you're running bad, an adjustment would be play lower stakes, mm-hmm. but play the same game. Right. So you're mm-hmm. still sort of playing in the realm of what is good poker play. Yeah, well, they're playing one, too. So it makes it tough to play lower stakes. Isn't there 50 cent dollar at Bally's? Nope. Or what about Stratosphere? There used to be a 50 cent dollar game at uh, the Barbary Coast. or Yeah, what? Barbary Coast. Where is that even? <laughs> it's now the Cromwell. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cromwell doesn't have a poker room. And there's no 50 cent dollar games anywhere in Vegas now. There's a 1-1 PLO game, but that's probably bigger than 1-2 November. So what would, what would your adjustment be if you can't? Go down uh, in stake. If it's really tilting and annoying, then you, you probably want like a little bit more bankroll. I think that often is the case when like it's if it's really stressful or annoying, then you know like losing the money, then you probably want to have a little bit more money in your bankroll, like padding wise, so that it's just you know not as devastating of a percentage. So save up a little bit more money is one thing if you can't go down in stakes. Okay. So you just stop playing, study, and save money? I think so. Okay. That's one thing, yeah. As boring as that sounds. No, I I get it. I mean, because what else are you going to do to lose less besides then, like you say, completely changing the way you play and trying to wait for the best possible spot? Yeah. A lot of people come up with this conclusion that they actually need to move up in stakes because because the people that they're playing against in 1-2 – are playing crazy and not playing as they're supposed to and not reacting to bets the way they're supposed to and not folding and playing all these crazy hands and I don't know how to deal with all this craziness. But that's kind of a flaw because if they're folding when they're supposed to, then that's just going to end up being a tougher game. Um, You want people playing all these super wide ranges. It's going to result in more variance because it's just going to show down more often and people are not folding and your equity in hands might be a little bit lower if it's like multi-way, but in the long run, you're just going to win more money versus when people are playing better and like, you know, tougher and nittier and things like that, which happens as you move up in stakes. So the other adjustment is rather than doing the uh you know like playing coy and like limping in with pocket queens the you want to go the opposite direction and like raise bigger raise as big as they're willing to call and bet as much as they're willing to call you know with these subpar hands and things like that Mm. and you got to be willing to accept the pain you got to want the pain to some degree you know you gotta be like bring it on hit me hit me with it come at me bro yeah come at me bro (laughs) okay you gotta want that shit You've got to want the pain. Yeah. Damn. You got to get to a point where you're like, I don't even care. Like, it's always going to hurt. And it's not, you're not, you're not going to get to a point where you don't care. But like, you have to sort of like want the pain on some level, you know? But I think it's like, 
when you increase reps, then it's easier. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a little bit tougher when you are uh, playing fewer hours, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, I think, you know, it's kind of like if you cut yourself and you get a scab, the skin from the scab, like, once the scab heals, that skin is much tougher than, like, your original skin, right? So Yeah, I have these calluses on my hand from working out and getting huge. <laughs> Can't wait to get back in the gym. Can't wait for this WSPB over. I asked people how their series was going. Mm-hmm. Do you see how much money they would spend at the favorable apparel <laughs> pop-up shop? You know, so like if your series was going well, then I'd be like, oh, more upsells for you. <laughs> and if your series wasn't going so well. Ruthless salesperson. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, a couple of people said, oh, no, my series not going so well. And one guy, I think from France, said, I guess everyone's watching Andrew and Brad's videos. Now everyone's too good because the <laughs> cash games weren't so good. So are you responsible for this? Definitely not. It's Brad with all his handy skills, right? <laughs> yes. Brad. Boycott Brad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't boycott Brad. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think. It takes it takes a long time. Like, even though we've been making videos for two years, I think people just watch them to get their fix. You know, there's going to be like some small percentage of people that uh, plug some leaks here and there. And make some adjustments, but I think majority of people are just watching our vids for like, they're they're like edutainment. If someone was really interested in getting better, they would do some other things that weren't just watching poker vlogs. I don't think poker vlogs are that efficient in improving the the player pool. But why is it the same reason of playing? Because there's not that many reps in a poker vlog, right? And there's not feedback on your hand. Mm-hmm. In a poker vlog. Yep. So shall we go do some listener feedback? Or do you know what you... Do you have any... Uh, are we going to do another pop-up shop? I want to. This week. No. There's no way we're doing a weekly pop-up shop or a <laughs> once a month pop-up shop. Okay. When's the next one, though? Uh, before Christmas. How about that? Christmas pop-up shop. Okay. That's cool. When and where? <laughs> Back to Atomic Liquors? I don't know. So in Vegas again? You want to go somewhere else? Yeah, let's do a traveling pop-up shop. New York City, here we come. I don't think we can afford the rent with our $34 t-shirt. Omaha, Nebraska, here we come. <laughs> from the videos, we received two questions that were pretty similar from okay. Mark and Will. And Mark's question says... Wusi, as a South African woman, what differences or similarities do you see in your thoughts on race since moving to the U.S.? So Will's question is, if you care to share wondering how long you've lived in the U.S. and if you've lived in other locations in the U.S. besides Las Vegas, have you felt different about living here and acceptance level since 2016? So I have lived in the U.S. since 2000 and seven whoa long time yeah it's a long time um 2007 i wasn't completely committed yet i moved to new york city and then when my visa was up i moved back home to apply for a new visa and then come back so 2008 so how many years that 11 years in the u.s so do you have thoughts what are my thoughts (laughs) 
uh, beef jerky not as good as biltong. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with race, but <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, that's such a big subject. I mean, beef jerky. <laughs> oh, race. Okay. <laughs> biltong is much better than beef jerky. Let's just depends not on. argue about that. Depends what you're into, but sure. <laughs> Uh, and yes, of course, there's differences in South Africa. Black people are the majority, so I never had what I never understood the representation conversation in the U.S. Mm -hmm. until recently. Because growing up, I was completely represented. The girls on the covers of the magazines were black women. And mm. I mean, sure, they were Cosmopolitan and our magazines, but those weren't the magazines that my mom bought. So mm -hmm. the magazines that were in my household were always black women. So um, South Africa is called the Rainbow Nation, right? Yes. Is Do you think that's like a, a applicable nickname for it? Sure, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there's like all sorts of people, right? Like... We have a huge Ind Indian population in South Africa. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, the Dutch English influence, and then we have a lot of black people. But obviously, the black people are from different clans, and so we have eleven official languages, which sort of are an overarching of the biggest of the clans, right? How many of those languages do you speak? <sighs> Five. Five languages. Can you um, say hello and welcome to Tell's podcast in, uh, what's the clicking one? In Kwasa? Yes. Can you say that? <laughs> no, Come it doesn't on, say translate. It. Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Say something later. And so it's taken me a while of just observing, because even when I got here, I was just like, oh, black people, black people, it doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. obviously in Las Vegas, there's, I think a small population of black people and our city is already very small, right? So I love going to Atlanta or where, where else? Detroit. Yeah. Downtown Detroit. Detroit's like all black people. I love that. So, but I think we've also been really fortunate in the places I've lived, like New York, there was like a South African population. So when I moved from uh, Joburg to South, uh, to New York, there was like, South African people, and there was like a South African shabin, so I never felt like too far away from home. What's so that? What's the shabin? It's like a drinking spot, mm -hmm. um, but it's like a restaurant. It's, I think it was called Madiba's. Yeah, it was called Madiba's. Where was that? Did I take you there? Nope. Oh no, it's permanently closed. It was in Brooklyn. No. Uh, okay, maybe we should go reopen it. What a sad case. Okay, so yeah, there was Madiba's in Brooklyn, and that's where I used to hang out when I lived in New York. So cool. it was no, not only traveling South Africans, but South Africans who lived there. And then moving to Las Vegas, I think Las Vegas is so... People who move here are very focused on themselves. Yeah, They're very focused on like what career they're trying to pursue or what like the next stepping stone is going to be. And I think that leaves very little time to sit on porches and go, hmm, those black people shouldn't be dating white people. <laughs> or, the, you know, so yeah. I, we never, I haven't experienced a lot of, 
outright discrimination if it's been undercover i've missed it because mm-hmm. i think when you live here if you're not careful this city will like eat you because it's so easy to just go and drink every night because you can just pay penny slots and drink and mm-hmm. yeah i got eaten for two years when I <laughs> you got eaten for two years yeah i blame myself i don't blame the city but i agree with everything you said about vegas yeah so even when andrew and i started dating i mean i don't think we got like weird looks or like saw people talking about us so that makes it a little different because i know people who live in different states don't have the same experience yeah um and that's shitty that's like stupid yeah like uh we haven't experienced anything of the sort like in a negative way uh there's occasionally like some funny somebody will say something funny like like y'all beautiful or something like that you'll get comments like that from black men about how you've got a queen or something and treat her right um but and also i think i mean i think we are probably the same as people living in vegas where we might not even pick up on that because we're just like Mm. focused on doing what you have to do and Mm -hmm. not really worried about that because it's not everywhere you go, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to a restaurant and people are like, the demeanor changes. And that was one thing that I loved about the U- US until obviously you get into the history and everything was that when I was in New York and in Las Vegas, I felt like my money was the same. You know, like... It didn't matter how I made my dollar. My $1 was the same $1 as somebody else. Like, my $1 was the same as Steve Wynn's $1. Like, I could go to the same restaurant. It wasn't a big deal. And it's not always like that in South Africa. Because, like, here, construction workers make a shit ton of money. Mm. And they will go to the fanciest restaurants and, you know, ball out at clubs. That doesn't happen in South Africa. Like construction workers, we do have like a cost system almost. Mm. Um, where it's sort of like, it depends on how you earn your money. And if you earn your money in like white collar job, then it's like better than if you earn your money in a blue collar job. There's all that like bullshit that I didn't care for. And so coming here and not seeing that, especially in Las Vegas and New York, like nobody cares. But I also think that that was my projection. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to see. And that's all I saw. Yeah. Because I think if you take a step back and look at it, like, of course, there's like grave inequalities. Right. Everywhere, like here and in South Africa. But I yeah. just didn't take it as that when I moved here. Yeah. So I think like basically when we kind of go about our daily lives or if you when you go about your daily life, like just seems everything seems like pretty smooth for the most part on this topic but then like if you open up twitter then you'll you'll see some shit (laughs) (laughs) and then you'll be like well this place a little bit crazy yeah like watching the news reading twitter that will completely color and it's not to say that i'm not clued in on what goes on i get furious yeah i was reading some shit today really not a good thing to wake up to probably but i know that's why i don't like twitter because you don't, you can't filter how you get stuff delivered to you. It's just like barrage, vomit. And I don't like that. I'd rather go and like 
seek out the news mm -hmm. or whatever and then know I can walk away. Yeah. But Twitter doesn't allow that. If you're on the app, it's just like continuous stream and it gets angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier the more the day goes on. So I don't know if my... um. And I think I'm sure if I thought about the experience a lot more, I would find things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that experience or this experience. Mm -hmm. But overarching, um, I feel like obviously there's a lot of problems, but there's a lot of problems in South Africa. There are a lot of problems everywhere in the world you go. Um, Norway seems nice. They seem to be just fine, don't they? No, America fooled me once. No place in the world can ever fool me again to like mm. say how perfect you are. And that's a good thing about moving because you always leave, you know, you have the grass is greener mm -hmm. idea and it's not, you know. I mean, sometimes it is like if you're in a war-torn country, then I'm sure the grass is greener. Mm -hmm. But once you get past basic needs the challenges are similar. Yeah, we're trading one challenge for another one. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So I don't know if that helped anybody or is like- I don't know. Feel free to send- some insight. Feel free to send a follow-up. Yeah. To Boosie. And if you want to know about bars, message me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Anjanimi? What is the, what's on the agenda? When- Main event starts next week. Are you excited? Yep. Nope. Why not? Why? Aren't you excited to potentially win $10 million or $8 million or $6 million? Seems How many? very unlikely, but sure. Why are you playing if you have no, unlike, like, no... It's like a job, right? You just go do your job. So you don't have to do a job for $10,000 because if you don't, like, feel it... You're supposed to. Really? Yeah. Are we still talking about math probabilities here? <laughs> no, what do you mean? Because I don't understand. Maybe, yeah, sure. But why? Why what? Okay, so I asked you whether you're excited to play main event, and yeah. you said no. Yeah. You're not excited. Not really. Maybe once it's here and there's like ESPN cameras and all the hype around it, then maybe I'll get excited for it. But then why do you consider that your job? Well, like just... Part because of the there's going to be a lot of recreational players in it. There's very long levels, two-hour levels. It's you start with a ton of chips. It's very much like a cash game setting. It's close to it's the closest tournament to a cash game setting in the world. Uh, you can win a lot of money. But then, don't you think that you don't become a very exciting horse if you are yeah. not excited? Yeah, probably. Right? I think I'll play my best. It's a tournament. It is what it is poker tournament okay so so i know how you feel about tournaments but i thought maybe because you had a tournament score you feel confident so you might be a little bit more excited to play main event no i don't know i had a losing session last night so maybe that's the problem oh but i don't know there's just so much hype about poker tournaments and it's like you're gonna lose most of the time i mean over over the long run you'll win money in them Sure, maybe we'll we have it we have a lottery ticket. We're in the actual Powerball drawing. <laughs> we have a life. So what date does main event start next week? 
Main event starts on the third. What day is that? I don't even know what day. Is. Tuesday. Wednesday. The Wednesday. Third, I believe. There's a discussion about which day is best to play it because uh, it's the fourth of July is one of the starting days. There's three starting days. So is it the third, fourth, and fifth? I think so. Okay. So the the question is the theory question: Do you want to be playing on the fourth of July, and do other people want to be playing on the fourth of July? Is what really the question is. Do good professionals want that day off? Do they, you know, do they want to live like normal lives and, you know, hang out with friends and stuff on the 4th of July mm -hmm. barbecue, you know, so will that make for a softer field or is that just the Americans that care about it and all the tough Europeans don't care about it mm -hmm. and they'll be playing on the 4th of July. Mm. So, so you don't want to be playing on the 4th of July. <laughs> Maybe not. Whoa. What do you, what is your take? Do you think the field be, will be softer or probably I, tougher, I think. Americans love holidays, especially yeah. the summer holidays. But we need Americans in the field. If it's all tough Europeans who are all robotic online poker GTO wizards in the field, that's not who you want to be playing with. I know that's what I mean. So mm -hmm. it from my limited knowledge, mm -hmm. I would say do not play on the fourth because okay. it will probably be those are like serious people. Yeah. And even if you don't go, you know, all out on the fourth, like too much drinking and too much partying, mm -hmm. I think you would still probably spend time with your family and then play. So if you play on the fourth, then you have the fourth and the fifth off. Or the or the third. Correct. You have two days off. So I think the first day is, is going to be slammed maybe so that people but it's can usually like... the third day that's the busiest i think poker players generally procrastinate and then they'll hop in there on the third day <laughs> so that's the busiest one so the first day could be the one i think I'll, i think i'll try and hop in there on the first one okay so then we'll be in there and then we'll be in the mix for the wsop main event are you going to rebuy millions of dollars potentially coming our way <laughs> we will upgrade from the closet to a studio no, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> we'll buy an additional microphone. <laughs> Do you, would you rebuy if you busted or no? You That's cannot. A, you cannot rebuy. Nope. One time. One shot at glory until next year. They used to call it the saddest day of a poker player's calendar, the day that they bust the main event because then they have to wait the whole year to uh... get back in. But now there's like a $10,000 tournament every other week, so I don't think it really matters anymore. Oh, because before they weren't like big tournaments. Yeah. Ah, okay. I have one more question for you. How do you play pocket jack? Nope. Okay, what's the question? Uh, this is from Will. And Will says, I have a question about poker and finances. What does he want? The discussion regarding what the 70K win tournament would have meant to you made me wonder how you prioritize building a larger bankroll versus long-term savings, retirement or otherwise. Without getting into specific numbers, do you have a tax-deferred retirement account? Do you have a specific percentage that you save for long-term savings, retirement, after living expenses, and the rest goes to building a bigger bankroll? No. I do have a Roth IRA that I opened a long time ago. Oh, you do? Um, but I haven't contributed to it, and therefore, <laughs> it is paltry. <laughs> my bankroll is my retirement savings. And I mean, there's like some, there's some small investments here and there, some speculative stuff. I got a little Bitcoin. Thank you very much. Oh, no. I think I'm almost See, back to even now. This is why we don't have children. Why? So, because we don't have a Roth IRA. Because we don't have enough Bitcoin? Yeah. 
We don't have enough Ethereum. <laughs> have some Litecoin. Nice. Yeah, have some Litecoin and some Bitcoin. No Ripple in this family. <laughs> um. So there's no prioritization. Fire a little bit here and there on speculative things. Grow the bankroll because playing poker is going to grow my bankroll a lot more than a Roth IRA is. Granted, I have to pay taxes on my winnings, but it's still going to be a much better proposition, I think, than a Roth IRA. Okay. Or IRA or whichever IRA retirement account method vehicle you you tell me about. And then also having capital to deploy on other things is going to be more important, I think, than any of those savings plans. So like if we want to buy microphones, I think that's more important. We're doing these different projects, like a vlog and a podcast and a second channel and playing poker. And all those things are capital intensive to some degree. So I think investing in those projects is more important than savings accounts. That's what we think. We don't know. Like I was going to say free roll, but I don't think that's the right word. Our whole life is like a big gamble. Yeah, but I think that's the way it should be. It's all one giant gamble. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> it's calculated. It's measured. We're not going to be out on the street if something doesn't work out. I think the the methods that we're using to build ourselves is, in my opinion, more effective than um, the old school methods. Okay, good luck. Thanks for having us on your show, listeners, on your podcast, listeners. That's what I used to say all the time. I forgot all about my catchphrase. Yep. I forgot all about that. Thanks for listening to Tells. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends. I'm still reading those iTunes reviews. <laughs> um, and we'll be back on video in some form soon. Yep, right after we win a million dollars in the main event. Yes. Go, Andrew. Thanks. Are you going to put, where are you going to put your money? Like, where can we buy some action? Um, Good question. Follow me on Instagram. I'll post everything there. Um, Maybe on one of the uh, share selling sites, but uh, I'll definitely let everyone know on Instagram. That's easiest for me to put out the word. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.